your Bibles to, yes, John chapter 15. I guess this might be the fifth service from the same portion of verses. I've never done this before. And, and I'm not saying things are going to hit your heart the way they have hit my heart, but there is definitely some wonderful truth here. And, and look, some of it might not be the most easy listening, so we kind of need to, to get old-fashioned and then put our, put our student of the word minds on and, and, and think about what's being said. I don't know, maybe it will be easy listening. We'll see, but the, the reading should be easy. Because we've, we've read these verses together, uh, some, some four, or this will be the fifth time now maybe. John chapter 15, verse 1, Jesus says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it that it may bring forth more fruit. Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine, no more can ye except ye abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, And I in him the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me ye can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered. And men gather them and cast them into the fire and they are burned. If ye abide in me and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. Diane Fossey, I don't know a lot about her. She is said to be a very unusual woman. Um, A movie came out a while back, and I actually got glimpses of the movie. I didn't watch it. Uh, If if I knew it was based on a true story, I would have probably been glued to the TV set. But, But this woman left the comforts of her home in the U.S. here, and she moved to Africa. And she lived among a rare, gentle group of gorillas, which were under the threat of extinction due to the cruelty of poachers trying to take them down. She spent several years with these gorillas. It began in 1963. And these gorillas came to accept her as one of their own. She named them. She cradled their babies. She cried when these gorillas mourned over their losses and their dead. She said they responded to her positively when she acted like a gorilla. So she scratched like them. She groomed herself the way that they did. She even beat her chest. She imitated their hoots and their growls and their belches. She munched on foliage, the same foliage that they munched on with them. She kept low to the ground deliberately and took on a posture to walk like they did. 
after 18 years, she became like them, dwelling with them, and these gorillas were her friends. When they were in danger, she defended them. She aimed to destroy this trade of the poachers who were after this, this type of gorilla and, that, and they were in danger of becoming extinct. And it's believed that in her defense of these gorillas that she was murdered by those poachers. She died for those she came to live among and to save. Sound familiar? Over, over some 2,000 plus years ago, Jesus Christ left the comforts of His home in heaven. He didn't have His beginning a little over 2,000 years ago. He pre-existed and, and never had a beginning. He was, so he was, in, he was in heaven in His home, yet He came to live among us to identify with us, to learn our names, to weep with us, and, and He died for us all, those He came to live among and to save. Now, we're going to talk about friends tonight, so I invite you to go down a few verses below 7 and go to verses 13 through 15. We've been talking about abiding in Christ. He is the vine, we are the branches. If you haven't been here for, for any of these messages, you, you know how a vine and a branch system works. The branch bears beautiful fruit. You, you love to see what the branch bears, but it comes from the vine. That's where the power is. That's where the source is. And so this beautiful branch bearing fruit, it is nothing and it can do nothing without the vine. And Jesus says, I am the true vine. You are the branches. Abide in me. Jesus is he's, he's teaching us something here to the point that I've gone on for Five messages here. The relationship between Christ and the Christian in this abiding relationship, this vine branch relationship, it's, it's a friendship. We get to call it a friendship. It's not, that's not irreverent. That's not being casual about our Lord. Look what He says to us here in verse 13. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Jesus Christ manifested His love to us on this earth by laying down His life for us on the cross. And He desires that we know and experience the depths of His love for us and the secret of His strength in our lives. It's just crying out and pouring out. He says, I am the vine and you are the branches. The secret of your strength is found in me. Without me you have no strength. He's letting us know and teaching us here. This 
vine branch experience that Christians have with Jesus, it's not something that we're just to look at and read here and think about. It's not something that we're just to know. You know, knowledge can be very dangerous. When someone is content with just knowledge, I know is a very dangerous thing to say if there's no application. Because the learning and the teaching and what God has given us, it's not just for us to know, it's for application to our lives. It's an experience that we read of here. It's to be experienced. And what is to be experienced is the person of Christ and His power living in and through our lives. We are no longer the same when we come to know Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. We are a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And that's because of a living vine branch experience inside the person who knows Christ. His love and His power, it can only be known and experienced by personally having the Lord Jesus Christ as Savior. And in this personal relationship, we have His life and we have His power working in and through our lives. A relationship with Jesus. Two chapters later, in what I'll call more of what would be the Lord's Prayer, there's a model prayer that we read of called the Lord's Prayer, but in John chapter 17, Jesus is praying, and He says, this is eternal life, that they might know Thee. To know Him in a relationship. There is no way to know God without having this life that He tells us of. That He gives to us. And this life we have in Christ was able to happen because He gave His life for us. You know, everyone's life is precious to them. I mean, the highest level of love, you know, that would, that would affect you and I would probably be someone giving their life for another. I got a text from a couple of teenagers here in the church the other night, and the text said, who would you die for? And I'm like, what? And they, and, and they gave me their two names, and they said, which one of us would you die for? And I said, well, how about both of you? It, it wasn't a serious thing, and I, I didn't go there seriously in the moment. I just said, how about both of you? And then I got this voice text thing that you click on, and I heard this voice that says, no, you have to pick one. And so I texted back, who, and they say, who would you pick? I said, any, many, miny, mo." No, they said, I think they said, how would you choose or whatever, and I just said any, many, miny, mo," and that ended it right there. I don't think they play any, many, miny, mo" like I did when I was a kid, so they didn't understand, and it was over. I tell you what, to give one's life 
for someone else. Is that not giving one's all? That, that is giving all to give one's life. And so what did Jesus do? He gave His all. He gave all of Himself for us, and He gives all of Himself to us. Do I need to go back and connect it? Because, because some say, Brother Kenneth, I don't think we're just as passionate about this as you. I am the vine, Jesus says, and ye are the branches. He has given us His all for us, and He gives His all, all of Himself to us. He holds nothing back. Jesus makes it clear that He is the true vine, and He has given all of Himself to us. And He wants us to experience Him as, our, as Him being our very own. You ever hear that much? You ever hear that very much? Jesus wants us to experience Him as Him being our very own. As in us possessing Jesus Christ. He is our possession to have. And we are His possession when we come to know Him as Lord and Savior. Jesus Christ giving His life for us. Look, this was not just some passing act in history that is completely done and gone. It's not over and done with. But, but by faith, we enter into a relationship with Jesus Christ that is eternal. For eternity we have a relationship with Him. And by the way, that, that relationship for eternity, it doesn't start after this life. It starts right now. Jesus says, I give unto them eternal life. And anyone who trusts in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior begins eternal life now in this life. He gave His life for us to possess that we might give our lives to Him. That He might possess our lives. When I say possess, I think you know what I'm talking about. I think you're talking about, the, you know, a grasp. We have Him as Lord and Savior. He has us as His children. The vine has the branch. The vine and the branch are abiding together. We have Him and He has us. What a wonderful identification the children of God have. We have identification in Jesus Christ. And we have a perfect union in Jesus Christ. Christ giving His life for us, it wasn't a, a one-time thing. It has ongoing effects in the believer's life for all eternity. There's something to know down deep in the heart. There's something for the Christian to be able to have deeper and deeper in our spiritual lives as we comprehend and as we live with a confidence that He is the vine and we are the branches. He's the true vine. Jesus Christ gave Himself to die so that we could receive, not, not physical life, He created us all 
and He gave everyone physical life by creating us. How about that song this morning? He, man, I wish I, I have the words in my wallet. I'm not going to pull them out, but, but, but He made the tree that He gave His life on to set us free. Man, that's the words of that song. That's a, perfect for a, for a creation sermon. But anyway, He created all, and He gave everyone physical life, okay? But Jesus gave Himself to die so that we could receive spiritual, eternal life. Jesus Christ, the true vine, He lives within those who have a relationship with Him. And this was able to begin in our lives... Because Christ laid down His life for us. He expressed His love in earthly manifestation. Romans 5.8 But God commendeth His love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. God commendeth. God hath clearly shown His love for us in that Christ died for us. There is no one who has ever or shall ever walk the face of this earth unloved by God. God loves all. Not everyone goes to heaven, but but no one is unloved by God because He gave His Son, Jesus Christ, not for some, not for a few, but for the entire human race. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son... God gave His Son, Jesus Christ, to everyone. And He says, this is a picture. This is the clear understanding. This is the clarity of my love and that I gave my Son for you. He loves us. He he has shown His love toward us. And that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Jesus has expressed His love for this relationship. Jesus has invested love in a relationship to have with you and I. And so we have considered His expression of love. But now, would you go with me to verse 14? And we're going to look at our expression of love to Him. Jesus says, Ye are my friends... If you do whatsoever I command you. If you want to turn back a page, well, I have to turn back a page to chapter 14 and verse 15 where Jesus says, If you love me, keep my commandments. And so what does He say here? Ye are my friends, if you do whatever, whatsoever I command you. Jesus Christ has given proof of His love for us. He, he loves us. He loves every single one of us. Look to the cross through eyes of faith and see Jesus there. Don't don't leave Him there because He died, was buried, and raised again. There's victory over sin, over death, hell, and the grave. But look to what Jesus did on that cross. And, And through eyes of faith, you see His love. Jesus Christ loves every one of us. Not only do do we read that He loves every one of us, but He proved that He loves every one of us. Jesus gave proof of His love for us. He gave His life for us. The response, here we go now, to us. The response that His love calls us to and what He empowers us to do is to keep His commands. What what is that? Is that a bunch of cold, rigid rules 
where we don't have any kind of fun in life and we are caged as, as His children? Well, I'll get to that. No, no, that's not what that is. And we'll get to that. This is our part, though. This is our part that He gives us to show proof of our love to Him. You love, you love the Lord tonight? Look, look at what Jesus is telling us here. That is, if we love Him, if as His friends... He, he just tells us of, of no greater love is there than Him laying down His life for us. How do we prove our love for Him? By keeping His commands. Whoever accepts and experiences Christ and His love, look, I'm talking about seeing what He did and being convinced of His love for us realizing that we have sin and we need a Savior. Every single person needs a Savior. Every person of every religion needs a Savior from their sins. And the only one is Jesus Christ. And when we look through eyes of faith to the cross and we see what Jesus did there, not only did He die for our sins, but there's victory over sin because He died, was buried, and raised again. When we see that and when we trust Him as Lord and Savior and we experience that love of Christ then here's what's going to happen. We're going to count it a privilege to obey Him. He has overwhelmed us with the proof of His love. And what? What? We have the opportunity to prove to Him that we love Him? We couldn't do it without Him. But yet we can do this. We have a part in this. And look, it's a joyful privilege to obey Him, that, that in this vine branch experience, there is a sharing of love. He loves us and we love Him. It's a sharing in return. We get to love Him in return. And the more we obey the Lord, the more full this loving vine branch friendship experience is. I'm not saying we're not all friends of the Lord. If you've trusted in the Lord, look, there's a friendship there. But there is a growing, more full relationship in this friendship as He is loving us and we love Him in return by obeying His Word. This is the one proof of our faith in His love. The one way to abide in this back and forth love relationship by keeping His commands. The mark for being a true branch of the vine is going to be doing His will. He's going to be producing fruit in our lives. He completely surrendered His life to express His love to us. He completely gave His life. There are a bunch of silly theories out there of, of how Jesus didn't really die, but He did. And He completely 
gave His life for us. He completely surrendered His life to us. Can He not ask the same of those He died for? I'm not trying to push this on you tonight. I'm I'm just asking you. The one who completely gave His life for us, can He not, can He not require that we surrender our life to Him? We're nothing without Him. And He does require this. He can require this. And He does require this, that we give Him His life, that we obey Him, that we do His will. And when we do, there is a full experience of friendship with Jesus Christ. You know, we, 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 we're kind of looking at our works tonight. We, we don't do that a lot because of all the false teaching about works. All the false teaching about works for salvation or works to maintain salvation. So, so what do true churches do? Sometimes wince away from talking about works. But, 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 but we believe works are good. We believe works are great. We love works. We're just not saved by the works we're do. we do. We are saved to do good works. So we need to talk about this. We don't do it often because of a lot of teaching out there. But this teaching doesn't have much of a place today. But it needs to have. You know, there's the Christian's destiny. The Christian's destiny no matter what. For those who have believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, if you have just passed through this church real quick before, you, you've probably heard of the eternal security of the believer. We believe in blessed assurance that Jesus is ours. We believe that He paid it all. We understand what He says when He said it is finished after His complete earthly mission on this, on this earth before He went to the cross. He paid it all. He did everything that was required. And, and, and what is required of us is faith. And, and so we have an eternal destiny uh, for, for forever. And we talk about that plenty. Just as much we can talk about our duty because because we have a duty here that God gives us. We need to share it equally as much. You know, to be a disciple of Jesus Christ requires that we obey Him and do His Word. Every disciple is a Christian but not every Christian is the disciple that they should be. To be a disciple of Jesus Christ is, is to obey His Word. It is not impossible to do what He commands us to do. I'm not talking about a perfect life. There is no perfection in this life until we get to heaven. We were lost sinners before we were saved, and now we are saved sinners. Just as I say, there is a sin-producing factory in this flesh, and it's going to continue to produce it until the Lord takes us home to heaven. That does not mean that we do not sin less and less. We, we do. As we grow in Christ, we sin a whole lot less. And we absolutely have a different attitude about sin than we used to have. But just because... 
we reside in this flesh or this flesh resides in us. That does not mean we cannot do what He requires us to do. Jesus says, if you love me, keep my commandments. If, if, if that wasn't possible, then we could not show Him that we love Him. And what would we have to call Him? Unfair? An unreasonable God? You know we can't do that, God. No fair. We can. We're going to do it in perfection for all eternity in heaven, but we can right now. We have a duty. We have a duty we don't often talk about, but we have a duty to keep His commands. It's not impossible to do this. We are surely expected to keep His commands. How are we going to do that? How are we going to do that? The vine. Empowers the branch. He supplies us with the power, with the ability to keep His commands. We're surely expected to do so. Abiding in Christ. Abiding in Christ is the answer. We have a true condition to live in here, in Jesus Christ. Can we just take Jesus literally here? Can, you know, I'm doing a lot of preaching here. Can, can we just make this simple? Can we just take Jesus literally for what He's saying here? You are my friends if you do whatsoever I command you. That's not, I mean, how many different ways are you, are you going to interpret that or am I going to interpret that? Jesus says, if you love me, keep my commands. I, we can't mess that up. That is what it says. And we need to take Him literal here and understand that He is being very clear to us. And let's, let's do this. Let's make nothing less of this than what Jesus is saying. Doing what Christ commands is proof of our love to Him. Not only that, it's a display of the friendship. Friendship that we have with Christ by abiding in Him. It also reveals His power in our lives because that's the only way we can keep His commands. That statement I just said, how much confused religion does that clear up? How many are in the misery of religion when simply by a relationship with Jesus Christ and His power in us, depending upon Him, is the only way to keep His commands. We will never please Him by our own best efforts in separation from Him. Most religion is the idea of, of separation from Him and, and trying to be religious, trying to do for God. But we're not going to be able to keep His commands by His best efforts. But hey, how about this? By resting in His ability that He has promised to us. It's not religion. It's relationship. 
when we do that, Christ commands we can confidently claim the friendship, enjoy His power in our lives, and show His grace in our lives. The Christian life, it's an enjoyable life. What are we seeing? We sang it this last week. What a friend we have in Jesus. The Christian life is an enjoyable life. We get to rest in Him. We get to rely on Him. This church is His. He has some under-shepherds here, but it's His church. And He takes responsibility for it. That's a help. That's, that's true for all of our lives. And it makes for an enjoyable life. What a privilege and a blessedness it is to have Him call us friend. What a love and a thrill it is to obey Him and to have our lives appear as bearing this fruit, a, pr- a product of heaven. I've already told you before about people that I saw. I saw their lives and they didn't have what I and I didn't have what they had. They were bearing fruit. They were obeying the Lord. They were abiding in Jesus Christ. They were doing His commands. They weren't perfect, but they were doing His commands. And I looked at them, and I said to myself, what do they have that I do not have? What a blessed privilege it is that He calls us friend, that we, that we bear fruit, that there's fruit hanging off the branch. What fear and trembling is gone as we express our love to Him. He's proved, he has proven His love to us. How about when we depend on Him and we're able to obey Him and we're proving our love to Him? Perfect love casteth out fear. Let's continue and expound. We're going to go to verse 15 and, and close with this vine branch experience continually here. Look at verse 15 with me. Henceforth I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth. But I have called you friends for all things that think about him as the true vine as I read this. For all things that I have heard of my Father, what? What does it say? I have made known unto you. He is the vine, and we are the branches. This blessed friendship lets us in on all, on all that God has made known to God the Son. Jesus, he's the vine, we are the branches. Jesus Christ holds nothing back in this relationship to us. He holds nothing back. Did you? Yeah, yeah, you just read it because you just read it for me. All things that I have heard of my Father, I have made known unto you. Jesus holds nothing back. We share the deep secrets of heaven with our Lord and our Savior friend. You know, it's, it's blessing enough to be a servant of the Lord. 
You know, when I, when I heard that, that ser- the word servant can mean slave, and, and does mean slave in some places, we're, we're a slave of the Lord Jesus Christ, and that's an honor. That's a privilege. Paul says, I'm a prisoner of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that was not in a negative tone. That was positive. He was locked up for preaching the gospel, but he wasn't fretting and he wasn't miserable and he wasn't whining in his suffering. He's, he's there saying, I'm a prisoner of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he was declaring that with joy. As God's, the message this morning, as God speaks through His Word, we can hear Paul declaring that with joy that he's a prisoner of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're servants, we're slaves. How about being a bond slave? A bond slave said, I want to be the slave of this master for life. I want no other master but this master. So I want to be the bond slave. What a privilege, what an honor to be a bond slave of the Lord Jesus Christ. And as high a calling as that is to be the Lord's servants, now He calls us friends. How about that? All that Christ did was of God working in and through Him. I shared a verse the other night, or the other day, to wit or to know that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto Himself. God the Son depended on all that God the Father did to be able to do what He did. He followed the Father's counsel and He fulfilled His mission on earth knowing God's plan. And as His friends, we do His will and we obey Him not by blind faith, not just because we're some kind of slaves and, and that's what we're to do. We just do what He says and that's it. There's something very good about that simplicity. Jesus says do it, so do it. That's a good simplicity. But that's not saying that, that we're living the Christian life and, and we are abiding in Him just blindly. We have some insight into what's going on. We have some insight of the future. We have some insight as to why we do what we do. We're getting insight here as to how we do what we do by the power of Him. I think about Pastor Stone's series. uh, I've never heard anybody else preach it from 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And he titled it, Training for Reigning. How, How about that for insight? That everything that the Lord uses us for here on this earth, everything we suffer and endure here on this earth, looking to Him to help us. It's all going to be used in eternity, somehow and some way. We are coming back to rule and reign with Jesus Christ for a thousand years on this earth, and there's rank and file and order of everything that, that, that He does, and it's going to be that way then, and depending on what He used us for here, and what, what all we suffered through here, He's going to use that for all of eternity in some way, somehow. We are enlightened. There is, there is meaning given to all that we face and go through. I'm not saying we're going to understand every bit of our suffering that we go through right now. But let us be sure of this. It's not going to be wasted and God's going to use it for good. 
What's the difference in God and us? We can't make, we, we can't make good out of most bad. But God can make good out of any bad. What we call bad anyway. But He uses it all for His glory. There's a purpose in all that we do. We have an aim in all that we do. There are rewards for us. We're taking something with us when we leave this earth. We're taking our works with us. And those works are going to be rewards in heaven. And it's something we're going to have for all eternity. There's substance to what we're doing. There's meaning to what we're doing. We have enough enlightenment that we need for what we're doing. The mysteries of God have been revealed in His Word to us. We have access into, into... Here's where we go from religion to relationship. We have access into holy intimacy with Jesus Christ. Into obedience, which purifies us. We are are made to be able to apprehend the Word of God and apply it in our living of this life. Only the Lord gives that ability. Someone I dearly love saw a Christian bearing fruit. Someone, a Christian that was close to them, that what they saw in them, they didn't know what they saw in them, but what they saw in them was they were bearing fruit. And you know what this person did? They sat down. They, they, had, they had said all kinds of things against God and His Word like, like, like not trying to be ugly against God, but their mind and the way they believed about things, the way they saw different things in this world, it was opposite of what God says about it. And they, and they saw another Christian bearing fruit. And you know what they did? They sat down with the Bible and they started reading. I, I mean, from what they told me about, they started at Genesis 1-1 and what they were starting to tell me about, that they were up in, into 22 chapters of Genesis. They were reading, they started attending a few services, and they, 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 they fell off, they faded, and later on they said, it's too hard to be religious. I agree, religion's miserable, but the true religion, a relationship with Jesus Christ, we get to rest in Him. He is the vine We are the branches. Only the Lord gives the ability for us to apprehend the Word of God and apply it to our lives. When there is dependence upon the Lord in humility leading to this obedience, oh, what fellowship we have with Jesus. A daily life and the continual experience of our Lord and Savior, Master, Owner, Friend. He is our friend. Words can't give enough gratitude for this high privilege of obeying His commands. I wish I had that answer a long time ago. Because when I first started going to church and, and when I got saved, all kinds of people I worked with, what are you doing? Why aren't you coming over anymore? Why aren't we doing this? Why aren't we doing that? Man, what do you... you you under this big... Strict, heavy set of rules? Man, what? you can't go have any fun anymore? I wish I would have had this answer for them at the time. What a privilege it is 
to obey the Lord Jesus Christ, to show our love in return to Him, for the love that He had for us, in that He took our sin penalty, and He died for us, and He satisfied God. God is satisfied with taking Kenneth to heaven. God is satisfied with taking Nolan to heaven. God is satisfied with taking anyone to heaven who will believe on the Lord Jesus Christ as our Savior. God is the judge, and if we stand before God with Jesus Christ as our personal attorney, He's never lost a case. And he's not going to. What if God said, why would I let you into heaven? Jesus could just interrupt and step in front of us and say, He's covered in the blood, Father. He's covered in the blood. I've got, I've got Him covered. He's good, Father. She's good, Father. What a privilege. What gratitude we should have for this high privilege of divine branch relationship the command-obeying relationship that's actually heavenly delight. What did verse 4 say? Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can ye, except ye abide in me. Abiding in Christ. That, it's a relationship. It's a relationship we can depend on. He's done all the work. He has all the power. Abide in Him. If the branch abides in the vine, the branch has the supply of everything needed from the vine. Amen. We're going to have a time of invitation, and and this is your time to do business with God. Just Just in the Bible, as Peter had an invitation after the preaching of the Word of God. You know, we weren't just sitting here talking about the state of Texas or something like that tonight. We were talking about the power of a relationship with Jesus Christ. We were talking about the power of God's Word. And don't be scared if He's moved on your heart that you need to pray, that you need to ask the preacher any question. I will help you never by my own opinion, but by the Word of God. And so we're going to have a word of prayer. And, and, and how about this? How about we obey God in the invitation? Because because as we heard this morning, He speaks. We're not going to hear anything audible, but He's speaking to our heart right now. Would, Would you have confidence that God loves you enough to make something right for you, to help you, to save you, if you've never been saved from your sins? Let us bow. Father God in heaven, Lord of glory, the true vine, we come to you tonight and we thank you that You promised to meet all of our need. We thank you for who you are. We thank you for leaving your word in this world. We thank you that because of your amazing power and and being our God, that you can even use man and get your word to us exactly as you wanted us to have it. And Lord, your word has changed our lives. We find salvation in your word. And we thank you for it. We find the confidence of how to live the Christian life, the way to live the Christian life, by abiding in you. I thank you for relieving me of my miserable frustration of trying to live this supernatural life in my own natural ability and revealing that we rest in you. Lord, we can rest our eternity in you in you tonight, if there's one here who does not know your saving grace, 
But if they realize they're sinners and that Jesus died for their sins and that they can say, I trust you tonight, Jesus, as my Lord and Savior, that, that you will freely save them just as they are. We thank you for your saving grace tonight. We thank you for the invitation, the command to abide in you and the joy that we have in our lives in you. And for it's in Jesus' name that we pray these things. Amen.